Hello and welcome to episode two of the How to Hobby podcast. Today, I'm going to introduce myself. My name is John Power, and I'm joined by the hobbyist extraordinaire, Sean Bennett. Sean, how are you doing this evening? How is everything? You know, it's it's been busy, uh, but it's been good. Uh, it's, I'm running into this week where I'm I'm running and struggling in finding time for my hobbies, you know, with with work and everything else we have going on. But it's not deterring me. It's just requiring a little bit more effort. That is good to hear, my man. You're always digging into something, and today we're going to be digging into a hobby that I think a lot of people have probably dabbled in at some point in their life, and that is bicycle riding I, I don't know why i just said it like that but <laughs> it it's something we do from a very young age and everybody pretty much knows how to do it right pretty much i mean i i would hope so um you know like i i've definitely learned with uh, the training wheels and and my dad pushing me up and down the alleyway and then eventually took the the training wheels off but took the pedals off and i was just pushing myself and that's right yeah, I think that's where all the humble beginnings of bicycle riding starts for a lot of people. Yeah, those humble beginnings getting just pushed right down the hill. It's uh, it's definitely a hobby that I think today in, in the current uh, 2021 landscape of hobbies, uh, I've seen a, a major uptick of buying bicycles. But it's interesting because I'm not actually seeing as many people on the road, but that's not going to stop us tonight from giving you all the things that you need to know to get into this hobby in a successful way. So first, let's start off with one of our favorite things to to ask ourselves whenever we're getting into a new hobby, and that is what you need. Yeah, so... so sorry, go ahead, John. Well, I, what do you need, Sean? Give me... I am the newbie here just coming to you i mean what what do i need to get before i can hit the streets i think in the real first question you have to ask yourself is what do you want to get out of bicycle riding so for me i'm more a mountain bike rider i love getting out on the trails i love getting out kind of away from people whereas i know john's expertise is a lot of street riding so it's more of the the uh, commuting or maybe getting around the city, doing things like that. So the first question you have to ask yourself and what you need is what kind of bike do you want? What kind of riding do you want to do? And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. versus mountain. The bike. We need a bike. We do. It's and the it's most important be... <laughs> tool of bike, bike riding. <laughs> you know, when, when you need to start bicycle riding, you need to get a, bu- you need to get a bicycle. That's that's first and foremost. So so road versus mountain. Obviously, that's that's kind of a there's a lot of differences there, actually. Uh, but one of the things we think is very important, Sean and I both think this is important, and that's size does matter when choosing a bike, whether you're going for the road or ready to hit the mountains. It's it's important to have the correct setup. Because comfort on the bike can be hard to come by when you're sweating and really pushing yourself up a hill. We all love doing that, right, Sean? 
Oh yeah, totally. That, it's, it's <laughs> you'll never you never realize how heavy your bike might be until you're about halfway up the hill. You realize how much is left to go, and you realize how tired your legs are, and then you start to to question: Did did I go with the right size bike for myself? <laughs> did I pick the right hobby for today? <laughs> That's. <laughs> That's, that's a that's a halfway up the hill question in life right there. Did I pick the right hobby? That that is definitely one to to ask yourself. So, I mean, this and this kind of bleeds into maybe something we'll talk about later, which is how you get the bike. But but a good way to understand how to size a bike properly, go figure, Sean, is by getting on different sized bikes. What a concept! It, it, it's it's very strange. I know. I'm I'm on it tonight. But what can I say, man? But when when you get on a size medium and you're a six three gaming powerhouse for the you know you 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 don't really have much uh, expertise outside, that bike may be a little bit small for you, but you might not know that until you get on an XL size frame, and then you feel absolutely complete. And some of the things you want to look for here when sizing. And this is just kind of like if you can get a bike without going through multiple revisions and testing and doing all this. My first bike was actually a steel framed bike size large and I'm six one. So, uh, this is, well, this is my first serious bike. I'll say that I started commuting to school and I wanted to get a bike to, to be able to ride and save some money on, on, on that gasoline. I mean, we live in California. It's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Sean can attest to this. So I decided to get a steel frame bike. It was actually a hand-me-down. There's nothing wrong with hand-me-down down bikes, but you can do some things additionally. You know, raise the seat up. You want your your legs when you when you go into full extension at the bottom of your of your stroke to be comfortable, right? Maybe a slight hitch in the knee, um, but nothing nothing too uh drastic you don't want to be having a 90 degree angle between your knee and your leg (laughs) when you're when you're pedaling that that that's a sure sign of knowing that your uh 6'3 frame is not meant for a size small but that's enough on size Uh, it is pretty it's it's something that is important but most people can figure it out but don't get too bogged down by especially in mountain biking sean i'm sure you've seen it out there but they're all the different sizes and all the different bb height Mm -hmm. and down tube and and head tube angle and this and that i mean it's like whoa you know it can get very very intense very overwhelming i mean when you start just kind of googling things like this you get washed with an overwhelming sea of knowledge and a a good place to start is google obviously because you can you can kind of come up with some ideas of maybe uh, your your inseam length. I know I'm 6'2", but I have, you know, for my height relatively shorter legs, my height comes from my torso. So I know my height's a little different compared to the bike size. I know I'm also heavier. And so that that adds some, some things when it comes to size. But we'll get into actually how you get on multiple bikes and, and try and size them. But a good place to start is always online. But we, we do recommend uh, doing a little bit of research before you you make that purchase on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that's that's definitely a good way to, or alibaba you know i mean there's there's plenty of bikes you can get for cheap these days but it may not be the best idea um so what so one thing we do want to point out additionally is there's some great comparison tools out there we want to really bring you some value out of this podcast our listeners are going to be very intelligent about how they make purchases we're not going to be spending aimless money so there's a couple websites we want to bring to your attention one being 99spokes.com. This is a great archival-based bike website that has, I mean, thousands upon thousands of bikes that you can put, you can co- click on multiple bikes and compare their specs, price range. And, and it's actually really been helpful for me. I'm, as you heard, Sean is actually getting into mountain biking and getting more serious in it. I've been considering getting a mountain bike and this has been a good way to to really figure out how the used market is flowing um because you you need to know if it's an older bike like a 2015 or a 2012 if it's not in that price range that it was brand new there's a lot of scalping going on out there then this is a a good place to start cuz it has the price and all the measurements and the components that were on it originally uh, Bicycle Blue Book is another great website to understand how much a value should be. And it actually breaks down not just the new, but what you should be paying for a used bike today. So don't let those used market, market scalpers, oh, we know those, Sean, don't we? Mm-hmm, we get do. in your way of having fun. And today, it it may be one of those things. Again, how do you get it? There's a lot of different ways. But today, you may be buying a new bike. It It just... It's all dependent upon the person and, and what is in your local area. So let's move on, Sean, to our required supplies. What what do I need? You know, I got my frame and it's a road bike, right? Because I'm a road biker and I'm mm-hmm. 6'3 and I feel good. XL frame. But what do I need to get out there on the road and do it safely? So there are two main, uh, first of all, it's a great question, John. There are two main (laughs) supplies that are the most crucial. One of them we actually talked about last week when it came to hiking, and that is a water bottle. When you are out on the road and you're going to be, let's say you're going out midday and it's hot, it's good, you've got sun coming on you, you've got, uh, you know, you're you're sweating because you're you're getting that cardio time in for the day. And you're, you're going to get dehydrated, especially what a lot of people don't realize is when you're riding bikes, you're generally moving faster than you were if you were hiking. And so that wind moving past you is going to dehydrate. It's going to dry out your skin. You breathing hard are going to dehydrate faster. So you have to have to have to have a water bottle. They make, you can either get a water pack like I carry on my back. I have an Osprey uh, water pack, like a Camelback type uh, nice. style bottle that I keep on me. Uh, but you can also get little cages that actually screw onto your bike that can hold water bottles. They have insulation. You can have them frozen. You can have them cold. Water bottle is definitely one of the most important things to have. Yeah. Back, oh, back, go ahead. back in my day, they actually came with water bottle cages. But uh, <laughs> and now, you know, that that's that accessory has has drifted away kind of like the Apple power brick. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say, Sean? I, I would agree. And, <laughs> and I made the, the mistake, uh, the irrational mistake of I, had a, I have a relatively heavier bike. And a couple of years ago when I didn't really know what I was doing, I was like, you know, it would make the bike a little bit lighter if I took this water bottle cage off, not realizing that the, 
micro ounce that that water bottle cage had did not compare to anything to the steel frame that I'm currently riding, but it made me feel better at the time. And I regret that now because I don't have a water bottle cage anymore. It seems to have oh. gotten lost over the years. So that's why oh, I no. an Osprey Camelback. It's, yeah. <laughs> it was well, almost, you know, you saved uh, about point, point 0.5 an ounce there, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's good. So, uh, again, something that's very important, staying hydrated is extremely important. But we're big fans here on the How To Hobby podcast. We're fans of safety. So we're not going to be sending you out on the streets without a helmet. And that's just the way we do things. I've actually been hit by a car and, and thank, thank goodness I was wearing a helmet. Uh, I would say it saved, it definitely saved my head. Um, But it's, especially if you're on the road and mountain, both of those are, they're different, but they're very similar in that, you can take some heavy impacts, right, Sean? I mean, this is not just your potential, you know, going down the street to get some milk. I mean, you could be out on the road getting hit by a car potentially today with with the way people are driving and and texting or and or uh, what happened to me the last time I rode on the mountain. I I smacked my head on a tree. Um, so it, without it definitely happens, it, it's, and we don't want to scare you guys out there of thinking that riding a bike is inherently super dangerous. I mean, it, it's, it's something that will probably happen at some point is you will take a spill. It could be as simple as me a couple of years ago, decided I would try and hop up on a curb. Didn't work so well took a little bit of a spill or a couple of weeks ago for me where I tried to hop over something. You can see there's a theme here where I tried to hop over something and I fell off and basically ran over my foot with the rest of the bike that was behind me. But there's, it's part of, you have to prep for worst case scenario. Ideally right. you never fall. You're never going to fall off. You're never going to do it. If you, if you really take an audit of your skill level and you not, make sure you don't go six, past three. that, but no, of course not. <laughs> now, you know, take an audit of your skill level and and know that 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 risk is out there, especially if you're doing mountain biking, which is where my experience is doing more off-roading, things like that. Again, not super crazy, but you know, when you're on gravel and you hit a rock, your tires are gonna slide out, you're gonna end up falling. John, you know, road road riding with John is a little bit more dangerous because you have cars and and you know, helmet can be very critical, like like what happened to John, but not trying to scare you guys out there, but safety is very important. You have to be prepped with a helmet. You know, you can deal with scraped knees. You can deal with a scraped elbow. It's really hard to deal with a scraped head. So it's oh, yeah. it's something you should definitely have in your, your list. And they're not that expensive either. You can no. go to your local bike shop. You can buy them at Target, Walmart. You know, if you're on a budget, there are ways out there to find decent helmets for cheaper. Um, they they are out there, but definitely if you're going to invest your money, you should definitely have a helmet. Hashtag protect that melon. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's move into our next thing. I mean, we've harped on the helmet; it's important, but we're going to move into something that's also important, and that's get into something that's going to be comfortable for you while you're riding. And I'm not talking about getting in that bike gear that Pearl is zoomy looking. Ooh, yeah, he's fast. In fact, he looks so nerdy. No, I'm talking about just getting into some regular old basketball shorts 
uh maybe maybe even just a standard t-shirt that's what i did for for years mm-hmm. i mean when i started commuting and and trying to get into this thing of of biking i had a helmet and i had my my basketball shorts yeah i lost a little bit of time on my on my time trials you know <laughs> i was really pushing it there um but the, the wind kind of just just a little bit it's kind of like you know when when sean took off his bottle cage i was i was losing a couple milliseconds but mm-hmm. overall my performance was actually pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know basketball shorts and a t-shirt is usually my go-to. Um, definitely stay away from loose, clo- like loose pants. You don't want those to get hooked in at your, your uh, chain or anything that, that might happen. And you want something comfortable, something you're going to enjoy the ride. If you wear, are wearing super tight clothing, unless it's, it's, geared towards you know the cycling which john can talk about but if you know you want something you're going to enjoy the ride if you're not enjoying the ride you're not having fun you're not you're not hobbying you're you're doing a chore at that point and so you have to make sure you wear something comfortable that you're going to enjoy the ride in we are all about fun here uh to all our (laughs) listeners you you gotta have fun if you're not having fun man we it's just not enjoyable anymore and so this next one here, it's it's something that kind of bleeds into our next list of supplies, which is mm-hmm. optional. Um, and that is for safety purposes, especially if you're going to be doing early day riding and or riding around dusk, you're going to want to have a headlight and taillight. And that's for, you know, mountain road. It doesn't really matter. You, It's definitely important to have a headlight to be able to see what you're doing. And and more importantly, for people to be able to see you, I personally have multiple taillights on my bike, and I run them all the time. Uh, I I would advise that. But it, during the day, if you're wearing something reflective, uh, maybe your shoes, or then then that's going to be a good way to get started without you know buying a new headlight or taillight. But it as you get more into it, and you're consistently putting more and more time on the road or in the mountains. Um, it's it can be very important to have a headlight taillight uh it gets people you know they they have these very small leds i mean i got mine on amazon for ten dollars i think a pack of two and it was they were they're super bright uh it's just there's no excuse anymore to not have a great taillight and headlight so let's move on in sean to our there's there's one one more thing i wanted to to add in there john not to not to oh oh, yeah yeah go no please uh, in terms of the headlight and taillight another thing that that makes that very important is that there are actually a number of cities counties and even states that legally require your bike to have a headlight and taillight if you're going to be riding at certain hours of the day so Make sure you check your, and it's very easy to to Google this. Uh, I did it very quickly for for San Diego. Just kind of research online your local biking laws, your local light laws, because there are some areas that if you are stopped and you are riding on a road at night and you don't have a headlight or taillight, you can actually get a ticket for that. So check your local area, see what their requirements are, and then just do it for safety, but do it also to avoid a ticket depending on where you live. Man, but when I said we're bringing value to, to <laughs> listeners, did I? I mean, did I not say that earlier? This pocket, Sean, you are keeping their pocketbooks full. 
Yeah, it's I unbelievable. I didn't even know that. To spend, yeah, I want you to have more money to spend on hobbies. I don't want you guys to have to deal with tickets. But yeah, it, <sighs> it can be kind of a big deal if you get if you get caught uh, in certain counties or certain states without headlight or taillight on your bike, you can actually get in trouble for that. So please research your, your local biking laws. Uh, it's very simple. San Diego has the San Diego City has their own website where you can actually find your bike, your local biking laws. So your your city or county should contain that. But avoid the ticket, save money for hobbying. Definitely, definitely. But we're just getting started. This is only episode two, so we gotta <laughs> we gotta we gotta ways to go here. But so we're gonna jump into that was great, Sean. Thank you for providing that to our listeners. Um, we're gonna move on to our optional supplies, and this is stuff that. It's not required for, as we said, the fun, but it can make it more enjoyable, right? It's a it's a want rather than a need, if that makes sense. So exactly. the first thing on our list here is riding gloves. And this is one that's near and dear to my heart because I just love my riding gloves. When I can really, I mean, twofold, it's they protect my hands. If I do go down, like Sean was saying earlier, and I have, my hands have a little bit more protection instead of being the number one thing that's going to get scraped. Because when you go down on a bike, especially if you have drop bars, uh, the first thing that potentially is going to get hit, uh, you're at the top of the pivot point is either your head or your hands. And that's Mm -hmm. just the way it goes. I don't know why, uh, but it's physics. So we're engineers. We, we know these things, right, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we went to school for. <laughs> That's exactly, exactly. Trust me. Bringing I'm more value. I, I had to say it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I love gloves. I ride with gloves in every type of riding I do. And they really do help additionally for comfort when you're really putting in those efforts. When, when you are just pushing to get up that hill, it just helps to have a little bit less friction between your hands and the and and your handlebars and it also keeps them from getting super slimy and gross so it's it's like i mean there's oh man i could just go on about my love for gloves but we're not going to do that Sean we're going to move into our next thing that is optional and what's that one those are uh, pedal cages or clip-ins so these are more popular on road bikes you can see them sometimes when it gets to mountain it's a little bit more dangerous because you when you're doing the high speeds around corners you kind of want to be able to detach from your bike at any moment notice if you need to but uh these are pedal cages i'm gonna let john take the lead on this one because you are definitely the more uh road riding expert i know you're more familiar with clip-ins than i am well again I just want to let you guys know, this is not something that is required. This is something exactly. that is as you grow into it. In fact, I would, I would urge all new hobbyists to cycling to forego coming into, uh, well, especially clip-ins. I'll say that because I transitioned to clip-ins about three or four years after I had then I just did it two years ago, actually, mm-hmm. after I got uh, we started working together, Sean, um, professionally, and I was falling all all over the place for it took me two days. I'm literally falling in the street. And that's not exactly something you want to be doing when you're just and I'll tell you this. Believe it or not, it was really embarrassing <laughs> to be falling off my bike with <laughs> like in the street. I mean, this is. <laughs> Oh man. So 
I would urge you guys, especially if you're new to cycling, to you know, you potentially you could start with the pedal cages. I did those for a while too, mm-hmm. but flat pedals are fine. You're not going to be losing performance. This is the same thing. It's a game of ounces, not miles. And I'm I'm specifically messing up those units because they don't actually compute. The mm-hmm. the, the fun you gain or lose is it's it it's very minimal. People have fun doing this no matter what. So don't let this be something that, oh, I got to find those clip-ins and really get, because it, it is tough to get these things down. So, and it, it can be a little bit harder to maneuver and feel confident when you're dealing with not only this new apparatus, the bike, but what, it, why are my feet not coming out? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our next thing here. And this is the bicycle specific gear. We've all seen it. Sean, I know you're you're one to you you gear up, right? I mean, you've got all the the bells and whistles. You've been doing this for for millions of years, right? Uh, uh, no, I am <laughs> I am the opposite of that. Like I I honestly don't even have riding gloves. It's more of I, I should, I just don't. It's it hasn't been a, a priority for me. I know uh, I generally tend to go a little bit uh, more conservative when it comes to buying the additional add-on gear, the optional items, um, because I almost kind of like the struggle of having to learn to work with what you have before spending the money to just go ahead and upgrade. Uh, I yeah. will say it's something I have been majorly considering, and I know this is something that's important to you too. No one ever talks about when you are getting into bike riding how much your butt hurts. I mean, it is a brutal, bruising uh, endeavor to try and really, really get into bike riding. And sitting on your butt on that little pad for as long as you do is rough. And I know I've seen, and you can buy padded seats. You can also buy specific riding pants that have added padding in them. Uh, and it's, it's, again, this is one of those luxury items, not super necessary but be prepared. Your butt is going to hurt for a couple of days after you start getting into bike riding. That is a good good point. Yeah, definitely take care of your butt on this one. (laughs) Hold, hold on to your butt. Hold on. Uh, It's, it's not something uh, I, I, it took me a while personally to, uh, to get onto that one. I think they call it a, uh, a chamois, I believe is what they call Mm -hmm. it in the, in the biking world. I, you know, I mean, all the biking related gear one it's super expensive and two it's totally unnecessary and i mean if we can just continue to to give you the knowledge that you need to just get out there and do it and not worry about all of this specific stuff um that is what we want you to understand from this butt pad though is going to give you more comfort on those longer rides, but at the beginning of your career in biking, you're not going to be hitting the saddle for 60 mm-hmm. miles. And that's the only time that I really start to feel like my rear end might fall off. But <laughs> you know what? That's why the butt pad is there. It's it's a very great thing, but don't worry about it starting off. I wouldn't wouldn't let that deter you. 
Exactly. And there there are a lot of optional things here that, that John and I aren't going to cover. But I know that, you know, we're, we're trying to hit the highlights, but the, the, the world of bicycle gear is an endless stream of new new things coming out and the, the newest, hottest butt pads or the newest, hottest gloves that are going to be coming out. And the, the thing that we want to make sure we cover when we're talking about these supplies is these are the things that we've found can be the most helpful, not necessary, but they they can help. And, you know, if you're really getting into writing and you're kind of noticing, oh, my butt's kind of hurting, then you consider butt pads. Maybe you notice your hands are kind of starting to hurt. Okay, maybe I should consider gloves. But these are things that you have to get out there and try it before you start just investing money in supplies. So I, I wanted to put that little disclaimer out there. These are, are definitely upgrades that are really nice, uh, but they are things that you don't need to invest in right off the beginning. One optional supply that we do have that is one that I might, I would consider is reflective clothing or reflective anything, reflective tape on your shoes or on your bike itself or, you know, clothing or even a hat. I know I got these really nice uh, bone conducting headphones a few years ago, and even they came with reflective stripping that you could put on it. So if you're out running or riding, and that's, that's one of those things that is really helpful. When I ride, I have this obnoxiously orange riding shirt that I wear. It, it's one of those like fitness shirts with the moisture wicking. I think my mom yes. bought it at, at Walmart for me as a Christmas gift a few years ago. And it's, it's bright orange, obnoxiously bright for anyone riding by, especially if their headlights happen to reflect off of it. But oh. you know, it's one of those oh. things that, that I wear. It kind of goes into the, the safety. We put it on the optional supplies because again, it's, it's not necessary. It's one of those things that, that can be helpful to get into it. But I, I know I, I prefer being seen as much as possible when I'm on the road. That's great, Sean. No, I like that you put that in there. And uh, I think we are going to really push forward into our biggest thing, our, our, what we always try to equip you for, and that's the knowledge of how to get this stuff now. Mm -hmm. So whether that be the bike, the required supplies, peripheral things, lights. Sean, what are some of the best ways that people can get into this hobby? And it's not going to break the bank, but maybe they can also get some information. Uh, give, me, give me a couple things here that people can look into. One of, one of the most effective places to go, if you're just getting into biking, you, you just want some information, you can find gear, you can find answers, is your local bike shop. So there are, we all have our, you know, big sporting goods stores that, that may have some bike sections or, uh, you know, and we'll get into that. But there's nothing better than your local bike shop. My neighborhood has a little bike shop. There's one, you know, the next neighborhood over. And they are usually smaller run companies. So they're smaller businesses, family like. Uh, and you can walk in and you can just ask, any question you want, you can, like we talked about when we were trying to size a bike, you can try a bunch of different bikes. You can try anything that's you right. want because that's that's what they're there for. They're there to try and educate you. So my Well, well not my, right now time. because there's no bikes anywhere, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But my, for any questions, my ultimate favorite first place to start is just your local neighborhood bike shop. That is very true. And I, I'm all kidding aside, it, it, 
it is hard to get your hands on bikes right now, but your local bike shop is going to have some frames, differing frame sizes. It might not be available for you to buy, but they're still going to be able to give you uh, an option to know what and how you should be riding the bike. And there are a lot of things that go into it, uh, especially with mountain biking. I actually went down to one of our local bike shops just recently, um, Cal Coast, and it it was a great experience. Got to chat with a lot of the guys. They were so helpful, super friendly, and they sized me up on on a on a bike, on a mountain bike frame. And I think for me, I was fine understanding uh, when it came to road biking, kind of what frame size I needed. I am sort of in this weird middle range where I'm six one. I'm sort of between a large and an extra large. I could fit a large, but in most cases, I actually tend to size up. Um, and that's just because I have a longer reach. I have a longer uh, leg span. So, uh, yeah, and, and especially when it comes to mountain biking, there uh, there are so many more dimensions, like your seat tube height and the dropper post length and all of these things that you may not have any experience with knowing or feeling. Um so that's why I decided to go to a bike shop specifically and kind of get some kind of kind of get my hands around the the bike itself and really feel it out. Um, yeah, when it comes to road biking, yeah, it's I think you can kind of more or less go with what the sizes say online. You know, if it says, OK, you're six one or, you know, a size large will fit five, eight to six one. You could probably go for a size large. Um but when it comes to mountain biking, it is helpful to have that little bit of extra. Yeah, here's what we can do for you. And we're going to do it in a happy way. So also, additionally, you're supporting your local neighborhood. And that's really nice right now. Exactly. That That's what I was going to say is with with COVID and everything that's been happening, a lot of small businesses have, have either gone out of business or they're really struggling and so if you can, you know, the first place to start is your, your local bike shop, whether it's family run or maybe it's a smaller, smaller size business. It's always good to get out and support your local small businesses while we can, you know, with with everything going on. If you have a little extra money to spend on a hobby, it might as well go to someone that's that might be struggling with with everything going on. So that that's why we put local bike shop at the top of the list, because not only are they a great resource but it's also putting your money back into your own city and neighborhood. That's right. And we will keep laying that one down throughout season one of the <laughs> How To Hobby podcast. So just, just tune in every week for that piece of wisdom. But we're going to move into our next place where you can actually get some good gear. Um, but right now, I, I will say I've had some experiences that that I'm not so sure about, but it's the used market. So obviously today we have access to this just huge, vast world of used products, whether it's through Craigslist, OfferUp. Uh, actually, there's there's a website called Pink Bike, which is another way to kind of track down used bicycles. Um, but the thing I have seen a trend recently where I, I'll just say, Proceed with caution, ladies and gentlemen, because there I've seen a number of bikes online that are going above retail, and that just saddens my heart. 
because we all know that when you go online and you're looking for a used bike, it may look shiny and new, but you should be paying still half price in my mind from what it was originally when that person bought it. Now, I'll, 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 I'll say it, bikes are in short supply. So if you have to really go out there and get it, then, then feel free. But I, as Sean said in, in our last little you know, point here, if we can be a little bit more patient and put the money back into our local cities, then that, that might be, uh, you might actually get a better bike is what I'll say. Um, it, the used market, there's a lot of scalping going on. So patience is key here. You can still find some good deals, but it's definitely a little bit harder than when I was looking five years ago and I found my my trusted, specialized Alay Elite. Oh, the days for $500. Man, I could put that online, Sean, for uh-huh. $1,300 right now, and probably I'd have millions of people knocking down my door. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely right now the used market is a little um it's a lot tougher than it used to be you know with everything going on there's also i've seen an increase in a lot of spam and fake ads because things are so popular i was looking at a a facebook ad for a truck the other day i know it's not bike related but i know for a truck and you could 100 percent tell this was just spammy to the extreme there the the truck was listed for a thousand dollars it's like a seven to eight thousand dollar truck so there's uh, not only does the used marketplace sometimes have people that are like John said they're scalping or uh, you know may you you may find this magical deal but definitely it, it can be a good place to find something and if you find that that diamond in a rough consider yourself very lucky it's it's a lot more rare nowadays but also keep a, a little skeptical eye if, if a deal looks too good to be true it, that might be because it is, and it's someone trying to get your information. So That's, just be be careful yes. with the used market. Be smart users. Don't go after every. I mean, it's yeah. I I really like that, Sean. I think we want you guys to be smart as you're going out there, and and be decisive and discerning, and not just, oh man, that that looks. If if, if something is too good to be true, then it's it's probably going to be so. Um, all right, let's move on here. We have a couple other places you can get bikes. So another big one, as we talked about in our previous podcast, is REI, the mm-hmm. co-op we know and love. <laughs> Good old REI. <laughs> Good old REI. And I did, I have to say, Sean, I mean, it is crazy because I went in there the other day and I was kind of just looking, you know, I kind of want to feel a bike. I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, well, you know, bikes are over there. Why don't we, we were waiting to to make a return is, is, is the story. Okay. And so I was like, okay, we'll go over there. And I, I mean, it was slim pickings. There was some stuff, um, but people are definitely buying right now. They're, they want to get out there. And, and so it, it's a good option as we said. Um, but I think Sean, you could probably talk a little bit more about mm-hmm. this, but the, the the wealth of knowledge you can get out of REI, it's another great place to connect with people, right? Yeah, th- that is why I like to have REI on the list. And it's something that's probably going to touch a lot of the hobbies that we talk about is REI is going to be on our list. It's For me, I consider REI a great place to get information, not necessarily always the best place to actually buy a product. You know, they're very 
high quality, very expensive products usually. I mean, if you were to go look at a normal bike right now at REI, you're it it's beyond the normal pocket range that, that the <laughs> average person is going to have. But and so as long as you walk into it with that in mind, it makes looking at the price tags a, a little bit easier to stomach. But REI yeah. is the greatest place to get information. I love going in and talking to them. I've never once gone into an REI and felt like they were trying to sell me something where they're trying to, you know, you need to make this hard sell. We need to get this. It's always been very informational, very willing to help. And if Jimmy doesn't know what the answer is, he's going to call, you know, Claire and Claire might be able to have the answer or not. Claire is going to call Nathan and they all work together in providing the customer with the best information. So REI is a great, great resource to, you can get gear. I, I think you can probably find gear for a better price somewhere else. Not to say you can't buy it there, but I think REI for me is a very uh, information heavy place is where I'll go uh, and I'll get my gear usually somewhere else. Um, but you know, if you, if you want to get it because of their insane return policy, their great customer service, you know, I, I will never knock someone who buys something from REI. It just might be a little pricier. So That's I right. love, yeah, so so if you have any questions, stop at your local bike shop first. REI, always a great second because they will 100% always have somebody on the premises that can answer your question. All right, well, let's let's talk about how we're going to get out and do this thing, Sean, yeah, because it, it is uh, – this is, this is our biggest thing, right? We want you guys to know what you need, how to get it, and more importantly, how to get out and just do it. So – Let's talk through. They've yeah. been through. They've got it all, right? They came in. They listened to the podcast. They got their water bottle. They got their XL <laughs> size frame. The 6'3 maniac is ready to hit the road. He's got something comfortable on. He's got his orange shirt. He's like, Sean was speaking mm -hmm. to my soul. <laughs> How do you do it? So again, I'm going to preach safety because I want all of our listeners to be as safe as possible. Before you even put your leg over your bike, always, 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 please put your helmet on first. You know, it's one of those things where when I grew up, I was into longboarding. I could not skate to save my life, but I love longboarding around. You know, I loved riding my bike, but I always felt so ridiculous wearing a helmet. All the cool kids didn't wear them. It was, you know, the 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 stereotypical dorky dad was the one that would wear the bike helmet. And, you know, when I was younger, it, I was one of those kids that would put the helmet on my head and just hang the the things around my chin. I never snapped it. And thank God I never fell. I never got really injured, but I know a lot of people have. So please always start with your helmet. You may feel like you look funny. Trust me, you'll look a lot funnier when you have a major head injury and you're dealing with that. So always, always, always start by putting on your helmet. Make sure it's a good fit, too. There are many guides out there online on how to size your helmets, how to, to make sure it fits right. It's not too loose, not too tight. So please, when you're going to get out and do it, start with your helmet. That's right. And so Jimmy here, I'm going to call him Jimmy. Go for he's it. He's 6'3". He's got his orange on he's ready to hit the streets and that's where he's going first he's he's foregoing the mountain he wants to mm -hmm. get on the street uh what's some of the things maybe he should think about before donning that helmet 
and hitting the street. So like we had talked about a little earlier, I like to always mention your, any local riding laws you may have, headlights, and, and make sure you have the gear. Once you're past that, you're going to want to get familiar with just the bike itself. So you don't want to start with anything too crazy. You don't want to start with, I'm going to do a 12-mile uh, ride today. Just start with going around your neighborhood. Just go up and down. For me, whenever I get on the bike and I haven't ridden in a while, I'll just do one up and down my alleyway just to make sure it's still feeling right. Nothing's loose. Nothing's going to fall off while I get on the street with cars. And then I start. I just start with a lap around my block. It's got some uphills. It's got some downhills. It's good cardio. And it's always where I start. So the first place, you know, if you're, if you're getting in the street, and this will apply to Mountain too, but if you're getting in the street, just start with your local neighborhood, uh, watch out for cars, and just get out there and just kind of pick something easier to start with. I know, John, you could probably go into more detail on how you got started when you were riding street on how you worked your way up to being more comfortable out there. Well, yeah, I think um, it's one of those things where for me it was out of necessity. So I, I just decided <laughs> that I wanted to start uh, riding to school. And so sometimes for, for many of you, that may be the case where it's just as simple as I want to commute. And, but I like what you're, what you're saying, Sean, and preaching to our listeners because safety and bike quality before you get on is very important. So, mm -hmm. you know, make sure those tires are topped off. They have the right amount of air to make you feel comfortable in your riding style. Make sure you have your, uh, all of your, you know, spokes tightened down, your uh, through axles tightened up that you're, because a lot of bikes today do have through axles that can mm -hmm. potentially fall off. The front or back wheel could fall off. I mean, uh, it would more likely be the front, uh, but make sure those are tight. Um, so just, just a number of those things to check through your list before hitting the road. And then whether it's, yeah, going around your neighborhood, going to class, Every time you do it, it's going to get easier and you'll be able to work your way up to longer and longer rides and potentially get involved with some, some fun, you know, a local bike shop ride or a meetup mm -hmm. ride. Uh, and there's plenty of options. We'll, we'll talk through some as it's, uh, at, at closing out the podcast here, but Jimmy has decided, Sean, he's no longer, he said, well, I like street, but then I almost got clocked by a car. So, you mm -hmm. know what, I'm going to go to the <laughs> mountain today and I, I'm just not so sure on on what to do. I mean, what is your checklist for going out and getting ready to hit a trail? So I always start with where I'm going to go riding first because that will dictate how much I need to bring. Am I going to be doing a quick ride around, uh, you know, on a little dirt road around my house? Okay, maybe, you know, I'll bring a little water bottle and whatever it is. Let's say I'm doing a longer ride where I'm going to drive out the same Mission Trails, you know, use San Diego specifically, drive out the Mission Trails. I'm going to do a long, little bit of a longer ride. You know, maybe I'll bring some uh, equipment. Like if I had a flat tire, I always make sure I have a patch kit with a tire pump or I always, always carry a couple of band-aids with me. You never know when you might nick your hand or you might have a blister forming. So the farther away you get from your house, and this is specifically with mountain, is you want to be prepared for when things happen. So I, I always plan my route first, and then that will dictate where, like, what I need to bring with me. So there are a lot of resources online. Mountain biking trails are usually rated on a scale of easy to moderate to difficult. So 
you know, the easier range are probably going to be more flat ranges, uh, you know, uh, uh, flat trails, not a whole lot of up and down, maybe really tight packed dirt. So you're not getting any loose tires. As you work into moderate and difficult, you're going to be running into more hill climbing, uh, loose gravel that you might slip around on uh, and things like that. So you have to start with what your what trail you want to uh, begin with and uh, make sure it matches your skill level. And that way you don't, you know, end up going a little bit past where you are and run over your foot like I did. So, <laughs> um, and a great way to also, uh, you know, work your way up to those trails is, you know, like John said, join, you can uh, join local riding groups. So it's very important if you're really new to mountain trend trail riding is to go with a partner because if you fall out on the trail, you're a lot less likely to be found than if you're riding on the street. So there's there's apps like Meetup, and and these are you can do COVID safe meetups too. So you can have Meetup, you know, you can go riding with some people. There's a really cool uh, group called MTB Projects, a mountain bike project. Uh, so you can go to mtbproject.com, and they have clubs in practically every state in the U.S. And then in every state they have clubs, you know, in every city. So for example, for wow. me, there's three San Diego mountain biking groups alone, just from this one website that they are, they're there for you to, to hook up with. And they do local like riding events. You can volunteer to work on trails. So, you know, you start with the trail you want to do, you get more experience, you, you look for some local riding groups and you just get out and do it. That's right, Sean. You, you couldn't have said it more true. There are so many options at our fingertips today to get connected. Uh, additionally, there's great apps to get you familiar with your local terrain. Trail Forks is one of the, the major bike mountain biking related apps that gives you great segments for trails. It gives you the rating system so you know prior to dropping in what you're getting into. And that can be very important, especially if you're a new rider. Uh, Strava has a great community um, that's app-based to get you riding cool, cool stuff safely around your local city. So use these as opportunities to grow in our relationships with our friends in our community, but additionally, by doing it safe and successfully and spreading positivity throughout the process. I mean, we want to be uh, real advocates for positivity here at the How To Hod the how to hobby podcast and so take that as we close out here let's let's make a difference as we go through each and every one of these hobbies maybe cycling isn't the one for you but hopefully we hit on one throughout season one that really brings you that next level like i want to try something new today and that's really what sean and i are all about as we're going through these more basic hobbies giving you an overview of what you need. We want you to be thinking about, wow, I could see myself doing that. So thank you for listening today. Uh, feel free to reach out to us through our website. It's the howtohobbypodcast.com, right, Sean? It is. Uh, we're, we're currently working on our site. Right now, uh, it's, it's howtohobbypodcast.wordpress.com. We're working on, on getting that finalized, but you know, the, you can go there, you can find bios about John and I, you can submit questions or future topics you'd like to hear us talk about. And, uh, we will, we will get back to any entries that we get in there. That's right. And, sh and follow 
Sean and I will have links in the description to our various social medias. Sean, do you have, sir? I don't even know if Sean has social media, but we're <laughs> going to find out in the description. We're also going to put posts to the show notes and all of the references that we ran through today on, on this episode. So you guys have an absolutely fantastic rest of your day, wherever you are. And we'll catch you next time on How to Hobby. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone.